Hello, I'm Growing Pains for an adult, something that I think that uh, you might resonate with as time goes by. One of the main attributes that I think to learning is the 10 components of thinking environment by Nancy Klein in her book, Time to Think, Listening to Ignite the Human Mind. I read this after doing a training course quite a few years ago on teaching people within the classroom. But I also found it very interesting that we could actually use when we're in business, when we're in the classroom, when we're talking to people, when we're in a meeting of any kind, including obviously the video course. So I'll take you through the 10 components that Nancy puts within her book. The first one is attention. Listening with respect and interest and fascination. Two, incisive questions, removing assumptions that limit ideas. Three, treating each other as thinking peers, giving equal turns and attention, keeping agreements and boundaries. Number four, appreciation, practicing a five to one ratio of appreciation to criticism. Number five, ease, offering freedom from rush or urgency. Number six, encouragement moving beyond competition. Number seven, allowing significant emotional release to restore thinking. Number eight, providing a full and accurate picture of reality. Number nine, place, creating a physical environment that says back to people, you matter. And number 10, diversity, adding quality because of the differences between us. Each one of those I found extremely enlightening, particularly going into a classroom environment and then having to take that into the rest of my life. Every time I had a conversation, every time I met a new person, met an existing person, had a thought within my head, I tried to use these 10 components of thinking in my environment. Let me take you to number one, attention. Listening with respect, interest and fascination. There is lots of times in our life that we have to sit and listen and we find ourselves impelled to actually make a judgment that we should interject. Where does that judgment come from? Some people haven't got no judgment and like to speak over other people. So I ask you, the listeners, to actually listen to what I may say. And if there is one little message out there that you may get from this, then I hope that you can take this in your life. So listening with respect, possible interest and fascination. Interest that there may be something within there that you could grasp, learn, use. Fascination that everybody has got something to worth saying. Sometimes, and I'll be honest, there's certain times of the year, certain times of the week and certain times of the day that you have to listen even though you're absolutely not interested whatsoever. How many times have we listened to a story from a friend or a family member that repeats itself and you've heard it about 10 million times? But by listening, 
with respect, it gives them a sense that they've got something valuable and worthwhile to speak about. Incisive questions. This puzzled me. Removing assumptions that limits ideas. Now this puzzled me for way over months and I don't actually know if the youngsters realise that teachers may be using this practice because all it is is illicit questioning, in my opinion anyway. After reading the paragraphs in the uh, chapter about this, I had to realise that my interpretation could be different to yours. So if somebody's talking to you about, I don't know, how to fix their car today, maybe to sound of interest, ask them how they're going to go about it. Ask them why, what's their thought process? Because sometimes, even though we say, I haven't got a clue how I'm going to go about it, we'll take you to stage one. Because by being in that stage one, you might just have stage two and stage three. And maybe as a collaboration, you might know stage four and five together. Another way of using incisive questions is when somebody is upset with you, in my opinion. So for example, if somebody doesn't want to see your point of view, ask them politely, what is making them feel like that? Why is it making them feel like that? Is there an example? And sometimes the only response you need to give is, okay, I actually understand that now. You don't have to justify because that was in the past. A decision that you made three months ago, four months ago, five months ago, years ago, may still need incisive questions, but it doesn't necessarily need pure justification. Just an understanding of their picture in their head of what was going on. Insightful questions for the youngsters around us. You seem to be feeling frustrated today. Can you pinpoint why? To a boss. You seem to want to discuss something with me and you're quite agitated. Is there another reason why? Quite often I found, as being a boss and an employee at times, you seem to assume that that person has got the full gist of what you want them to do. You seem to assume that you have all the answers and you haven't. There is nothing wrong with asking a question that meets the criteria of realistic incisive questions. Let me give you an example. You ask somebody to go and wash your car. Now you've not told them any instructions, you've not told them specifically what you're looking for, and you've not told them in what time zone. So maybe set the parameters. Help the person asking you set the parameters. You want me to wash the car, is there anything specific that you want me to address? Is there a time limit on this? What kind of products would you like me to use and what products wouldn't you like me to use? I'm a little bit worried about this particular area. I've never done this before. Could you tell me why? Um, 
it needs that particular product on it, or even better, would you be willing to show me? Take the time to respect the objective with interest. That is a bit of fascination. But also, don't let anybody else make the assumption that you know what you're doing. Give yourself the opportunity to learn in a correct manner, not half measures, not guesswork. Reason for this, purely and simply, make sure that we can get it quicker and that there's no frustration and anxiety afterwards. Next time I'll be talking about equality. Just going through these areas I think are quite useful, particularly for growing pains of the future and growing pains of the past. You've been listening to Growing Pains. Thank you very much for your time and I hope to see you next time. Bye. Hello, I'm Growing Pains for an adult. Something that I think that uh, you might resonate with as time goes by. One of the main attributes that I think to learning is the 10 components of thinking environment by Nancy Klein in her book, Time to Think, Listening to Ignite the Human Mind. I read this after doing a training course quite a few years ago on teaching people within the classroom. But I also found it very interesting that we could actually use when we're in business, when we're in the classroom, when we're talking to people, when we're in a meeting of any kind, including obviously the video calls. So I'll take you through the 10 components that Nancy puts within her book. The first one is attention. Listening with respect and interest and fascination. Two, incisive questions, removing assumptions that limit ideas. Three, treating each other as thinking peers, giving equal turns and attention, keeping agreements and boundaries. Number four, Appreciation. Practicing a five to one ratio of appreciation to criticism. Number five, ease. Offering freedom from rush or urgency. Number six, encouragement moving beyond competition. Number seven, allowing significant emotional release to restore thinking. Number eight, providing a full and accurate picture of reality. Number nine, place, creating a physical environment that says back to people, you matter. And number 10, diversity, adding quality because of the differences between us. Each one of those I found extremely enlightening, particularly going into a classroom environment and then having to take that into the rest of my life. Every time I had a conversation, every time I met a new person, met an existing person, had a thought within my head, I tried to use these 10 components of thinking in my environment. Let me take you to number one, attention. Listening with respect, interest and fascination. There is lots of times in our life that we have to sit and listen and we find ourselves impelled to actually make a judgment that we should interject. 
Where does that judgment come from? Some people haven't got no judgment and like to speak over other people. So I ask you, the listeners, to actually listen to what I may say. And if there is one little message out there that you may get from this, then I hope that you can take this in your life. So listening with respect, possible interest and fascination. Interest that there may be something within there that you could grasp, learn, use. Fascination that everybody has got something worth saying. Sometimes, and I'll be honest, there's certain times of the year, certain times of the week and certain times of the day that you have to listen even though you're absolutely not interested whatsoever. How many times have we listened to a story from a friend or a family member that repeats itself and you've heard it about 10 million times? But by listening with respect, it gives them a sense that they've got something valuable and worthwhile to speak about. Incisive questions. This puzzled me. Removing assumptions that limits ideas. Now this puzzled me for way over months and I don't actually know if the youngsters realise that teachers may be using this practice because all it is is illicit questioning, in my opinion anyway. After reading the paragraphs in the uh, chapter about this, I had to realise that my interpretation could be different to yours. So if somebody's talking to you about, I don't know, how to fix their car today, maybe to sound of interest, ask them how they're going to go about it. Ask them why, what's their thought process? Because sometimes, even though we say, I haven't got a clue how I'm going to go about it, well, take me to stage one. Because by being in that stage one, You might just have stage two and stage three. And maybe as a collaboration, you might know stage four and five together. Another way of using incisive questions is when somebody is upset with you, in my opinion. So for example, if somebody doesn't want to see your point of view, ask them politely, what is making them feel like that? Why is it making them feel like that? Is there an example? And sometimes the only response you need to give is, okay, I actually understand that now. You don't have to justify because that was in the past. A decision that you made three months ago, four months ago, five months ago, years ago, may still need incisive questions, but it doesn't necessarily need pure justification just an understanding of their picture in their head of what was going on. Insightful questions for the youngsters around us. You seem to be feeling frustrated today. Can you pinpoint why? To a boss. You seem to want to discuss something with me and you're quite agitated. Is there another reason why? Quite often I found, as being a boss and an employee at times, you seem to assume that that person has got the full gist of what you want them to do. 
you seem to assume that you have all the answers and you haven't. There is nothing wrong with asking a question that meets the criteria of realistic, incisive questions. Let me give you an example. You ask somebody to go and wash your car. Now you've not told them any instructions. You've not told them specifically what you're looking for and you've not told them in what time zone. So maybe set the parameters. Help the person asking you set the parameters. You want me to wash the car. Is there anything specific that you want me to address? Is there a time limit on this? What kind of products would you like me to use? And what products wouldn't you like me to use? I'm a little bit worried about this particular area. I've never done this before. Could you tell me why um, it needs that particular product on it? Or even better, would you be willing to show me? Take the time to respect the objective with interest. That is a bit of fascination. But also, don't let anybody else make the assumption that you know what you're doing. Give yourself the opportunity to learn in a correct manner, not half measures, not guesswork. Reason for this, purely and simply, make sure that we can get it quicker and that there's no frustration and anxiety afterwards. Next time I'll be talking about equality. Just going through these little areas I think are quite useful particularly for growing pains of the future and growing pains of the past. You've been listening to Growing Pains. Thank you very much for your time and I hope to see you next time. Bye.